0: hi everyone welcome to the understand the bible podcast you're about to listen to a sermon which was preached this morning as part of our church service it's on uh, the third of the seven signs in john's gospel part of the series of the seven signs in john and uh, it's looking at john chapter five verses one to fifteen which is the healing of the man at the pool and thinking about how jesus is the one the only one who can make us well Just a little reminder, if you haven't done already, please do subscribe to the podcast just so you get these every week. And also do check out the rest of the website at understandthebible.uk where there's uh, lots more content available for you to to watch and to to listen to and to read, uh, all of those kind of things. Thanks very much, everyone. I hope that you enjoy and God bless. Well, we're going to, uh, to have our Bible reading and uh, just spend a few moments thinking about it. So we're uh, in our uh, signs, in the seven signs from John's Gospel, and we're going to look at the third sign today. And that is John chapter 5, verses 1 to 15. John chapter 5, verses 1 to 15. And that can be found on page uh, 1068 page 1068 of the church bibles this is the healing at the pool the healing at the pool john 5 1 15. some time later jesus went up to jerusalem for one of the jewish festivals now there is in jerusalem near the sheep gate a pool which in aramaic is called bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, Who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, it's an interesting uh, interesting uh, passage today because we're thinking about getting well, something which um, we've been spending a lot of time um, thinking about as a society, haven't we, over the last uh, sort of 12 months, give or take, uh, about getting well. And that's what this passage is really about. It actually uses the word well about six times if you include the, um, what's in the footnote there. In the NIV we'll come on to that Um, so this passage really is all about getting uh, getting well now as we've been seeing the seven signs are looking at who Jesus really is and we've been thinking about who he is and what that means for us and and what we're thinking about today is that Jesus is the one who can make us truly well Jesus is the one the only one who can make us truly well but what does that what does that mean Well, let's go through the story Um, Jesus was um, going up to Jerusalem for one of the festivals and uh, there was a a pool um, which is called Bethesda I'm not sure whether this is is significant at all but it just means a house of outpouring or a house of mercy Um, whether that's particularly significant in the story I don't know Um, and they said there's a lot of disabled people as in those who um, who were particularly, you know, we needed healing. Um, So those who were unable, who were paralysed or those who were unable to to move themselves, there was this idea that um, as you might see in the footnote, um, an angel of the Lord would come and stir up the waters and the first one into the pool after each such disturbance would be cured of whatever disease they had. So that was the idea, um, that was the idea behind it. Now, I don't think that this is saying that I don't know whether this was literally an angel. Um, I think um, there is some suggestion it may have been fed by, a, by a, um, uh, an intermittent spring underneath the pool and that this kind of myth had arisen about healing um, because it seems a very odd way for God to kind of go about doing it. It sounds more like superstition really rather than actually something, something from God. Um, so that was sort of what was going on. It was superstitious. You still get this. You know people go on pilgrimages they think if i go and put my hand or put you know in, in touch this water drink from this water i'll be healed and you still get that today um it, it happens all the time so it sounds like that kind of thing and so uh, there was one man who was there and he'd been an invalid for 38 years 38 years years—that's a long time now um in the bible in, in john's gospel in particular numbers Often mean things. Why the number 38? If you look up the number 38, it doesn't occur very often. In fact, I think it only occurs one more time in the Bible, which is in Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 14. Let me read that out. Which says, when I can turn over the page, uh, 38 years passed from the time we left. Barnea, until we crossed the Zered Valley. By then, that entire generation of fighting men had perished from the camp, as the Lord had sworn to them. So this had happened as the Israelites were coming into the Promised Land. They'd been 38 years in the wilderness, and and the one generation had died out because God had been displeased with them. And that this was before that they went into into the Promised Land. 38 years—that's sort of a generation of God's. God's displeasure and judgment and I think we're meant to see um, given what happens later to, to hear echoes of that and think that this is actually what this man was going through in this particular case was linked with some sort of sin and judgment and we'll come on to that uh, a bit later um, in the passage so Jesus says to him do you want to get well Which you might think is a pretty funny question to ask i mean you know that's why he's that's why he was there but he says do you want to get well and he says well i haven't got anyone to help me into the pool you know i've been here a long time but whenever i'm trying to get in someone else goes down in front of me and um you think well what what was his faith really in was his faith in God or, or was his faith in, in Jesus or was his faith in this kind of superstition and in, you know, the, in the pool? Well, Jesus instantly kind of, um, he comes back and says, look, just get up, pick up your mat and walk. And it says, at once, the man was cured. At once. There wasn't any need for anything else to happen. You know, it's just, just like that, the man was cured and he was able to, to get up. He picked up his mat, and he walked. And uh, it just goes to show what sort of authority Jesus has, doesn't it, that you know, he didn't need a pool, he didn't need the water to be stirred, he just needed to, to say, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And that was it. The man was healed instantly. The, the kind of the authority that Jesus has is, um, you know, is amazing. Um, And then we have this little episode here with the the Jewish leaders. So because what had happened was on the Sabbath day, they see the man carrying the mat. And they say, the law forbids you from, um, from carrying your mat. Now, if you look at the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments don't just say, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. It doesn't say, don't carry a mat around on the Sabbath day or don't heal anyone on the Sabbath day. It doesn't say that. But the the Pharisees had made a whole bunch of laws to kind of, um, you know, try to ring fence the the Ten Commandments to make sure they never ever broke one. Um, And unfortunately, I think what happens here is a sign of what is to come, which is that they were putting their own laws above the laws of God. They were putting their own interpretation of God's laws above God's laws. And you think, I mean, what? What does it say to, um, about them that they would rather quibble about someone carrying a mat on the Sabbath day than the fact that someone was healed on the Sabbath day? Now, what do, you have to think: what kind of mentality would you have to have to, to think about um, you know that those laws being more important than what what Jesus had just done? Um, it, it is astounding, and I think it goes. This leads on, of course, to what happens and what happens to Jesus, as we know, um, of course, you know the events of Good Friday and and, and so on. Um, this is what happens. This is setting the scene. It did make me think, though, a bit about you know the spirit of Pharisees is alive and well um, a bit today. I was um, it made me think actually about some of the regulations um, that we, we've got at the moment. You know, there was um, I saw footage last year. There was a funeral. And um, people were sitting much like you're sitting now. And um, uh, during the funeral, you know, the, I think the I think it was the wife of the, the deceased um, was um, started crying, and one of her sons or two of her sons went up to come to put a, just put an arm around her to comfort. And the funeral, the the manager kept ran in and said, "No, no, no! Get apart! Get apart! Mustn't do that." And um, I just thought, you know, it's so sad, isn't it, that we can't be. No, um, I think there are there's a place for rules, um, but I think we have to um, have these things kind of. Um, it, it's important to be human, isn't it as well, especially at those times, uh, I think. And I think that was probably going too far. But there we go. That's um, that's just what it made me think of. So anyway, Jesus, he um, finds finds this man at the temple and he says, um, see, you are well again. well there's that there's that word again you're well again and he says stop sinning or something worse may happen to you what does Jesus mean stop sinning or something worse may happen like I said at the start I think what we're meant to see is that this particular condition that the man had was in some way as a result of of his sin now before I say anything else it's important to remember that this is not the usual way that god does things so i don't want you to think that every time you get a cold or you know whatever if and every time you have an illness or anything wrong that that's a result of sin in fact you know we're living in a in a fallen world and that's just what what we expect so you know um illness um death and and sit they just it's not a a, um, a judgment on sin necessarily on us directly but for this man it was and i think it's important to remember that sometimes it can be and um probably not you know not very often but this is uh, this is what jesus said and he says stop sinning or something worse may happen to you so he was saying that this particular uh, judgment on on sin was meant to bring him to repentance to help him to understand what was what was going coming down the road and we know of course that when we die then we face god's judgment and that is the, the what we really need to be worried about it's not about uh, whatever may happen in this lifetime it is actually what happens when we die that's what what we should really have our eyes on and and jesus said actually he can heal from from that that jesus can make our bodies well but actually, the more important thing that Jesus does is He can make our souls well, and Jesus can bring us healing at a, a level which is beyond, you know, flesh and blood. But He can bring healing to our souls, to our minds, to uh, to everything about us. So that the physical healing is important, but Jesus can bring healing which is which is more than that. And uh, I just thought, in in conclusion, that this is. It's a challenge to us at the moment isn't it because we've been thinking a lot about being well like I said um, and it's important to be well you know it's important to um, you know not to, to take unnecessary risks it's important to kind of try and, and and keep keep each other safe all of those things but at the same time we need to remember that there is a, a being well which is more important than being physically well which is being spiritually, our souls, um, spirits, whatever you might want to call it, being spiritually well is far more important. And that's something that we need Jesus for. Only Jesus can save us from that that condition, from the condition of sin. And we need him. We need to have that eternal perspective, like He said. Now, like he said to the man, stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. We need to remember what the something worse is. And we need to remember that Jesus is the one who can forgive us and heal us um, in in that situation. So rather than looking to all all of the rules, and rather than looking at kind of superstitions and things to help us, we should be looking to Jesus, and we should be looking to him as the one who is... Uh, able to save us and to make us well at at every level and that uh, whatever we may go through in this life physically that one day there is a day coming where those who who turn from sin and turn to Christ everything will be perfect and there'll be no more um, sickness there'll be no more anything um, that anything bad in that new world that we can belong to because of Jesus and through him and that's something that we can uh, we can look forward to. Amen.